RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Episode 4, John Pike Letter to Gene Roddenberry, Conceptual Work on Star Trek The Next Generation, September 12, 1986. Support for The Trek Files comes from our friends at Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Starships collection. Get the first starship in the collection, Star Trek The Next Generation's Enterprise D, for only $4.95 with free shipping when you sign up now at st-starships.com slash thetrekfiles. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey, deep divers and trekophiles, spelled with an F. Have we got a show for you? It's early. <laughs> it's early in the history of The Trek Files, but I have what can only be described as a bombshell for you today. So... Right now, go to your browser window. Go to facebook.com slash the Trek Files. You're not going to believe what we've found in Gene's records and archives. Would you believe it if I told you that Gene was coerced <laughs> and leveraged into coming back to create a new quote-unquote Star Trek in 1986, the first sequel, the first reiteration of original Star Trek? And I know the animated existed, but I'm talking really a new format. He did come back. They did work on it. They did debut The Next Generation in 1987. But before he signed that deal, Paramount told him, basically, and showed him they were going to move on and do Star Trek. He could be part of it, or he could sit back and watch them run with it. What if I told you we now have what they were prepared to run with? The senior class of Academy Cadets is anxiously preparing to embark on its fifth-year training cruise under the guidance of Captain Roan and Executive Officer Kincaid. A temporary ceasefire has been called in the ten-year war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. In addition to her shipload of Academy Cadets, the USS Odyssey will carry a special passenger, Lieutenant Commander Mink, a young Klingon officer. Traveling under diplomatic immunity, Mink's destination is the planet Organia, a planet which has isolated itself for the entire duration of the Ten-Year War. We'll be right back after a short word from our sponsor. Star Trek fans, your ships have come in. The official Star Trek Starships collection from Eagle Moss is the ultimate collection of the most significant vessels from across the Star Trek universe, from the original series to Star Trek Beyond and beyond. Each ship is cast in a specially formulated metallic resin and hand-painted with reference to actual production models. Each also comes with a display base and collector's magazine featuring behind-the-scenes info, original design sketches, and a breakdown of technology on board. Start your collection today with the USS Enterprise 1701D for only $4.95 with free shipping. New models ship twice monthly, and you may cancel your subscription at any time. For details on the entire collection and to order, visit st-starships.com slash thetrackfiles. Make it so at st-starships.com slash thetrackfiles.
Okay, have you picked yourselves up off the floor, kids? <laughs> this is amazing. I had to pick myself up off the floor the first time we uncovered this document. This is, this is a piece with a cover letter from John Pike, who was the president of Paramount Pictures Network Television in 1986, who had been negotiating with Gene Roddenberry to come back and do a new Star Trek. Star Trek Four had been a huge, the biggest movie, of, really, with its impact global. Uh, local stations were clamoring over having finally more than 79 uh, episodes to show over and over. And the 20th anniversary had just been celebrated corporately to a lot of mainstream. Star Trek was more in the mainstream than ever been before, the cover of Newsweek and all that. And we have this 10-page, 8-page premise for a fully cooked show that Gene Roddenberry finally reacted to and said, okay, 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 I'll come back. I'll do it myself. So who better <laughs> to come in and talk about this amazing artifact we've uncovered than my good friend, a, the fan-turned-studio killer back in the Berman era who worked with Rick Berman, who's involved in this premise also. Mary Howard wound up being associate producer on Enterprise, producer on the original series Remastered, a fan for life, and now currently the last band from the old guard of Trek standing at Paramount Parks and Resorts, my good friend Dave Rossi. Dave, thank you. Thank you. Welcome Larry. to the show. Thanks. Uh, I thought we'd have your first guest appearance just start off with a bang. <laughs> wow. Is this just amazing? This is crazy. I love that Gene's only note is get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what's okay. We're gonna we're gonna work through this. We had that we had that noted section was kind of the mini premise of just the pilot. But there, there are character sketches here. There's a pilot premise that sets it up. I, I mean, I don't know what's more amazing, though. The, the, the cast and the premise of this show, fully formed, and what it is, and how it's so 1986. Or that the fact that this existed, or that it existed, and we've not known about it for, for 30 years now. I've I, I got to say, I, I wonder if it was a faint. Right? Was, right. It, was it something well, that they wrote just to give to Gene so that he would say, all right, I'm doing my own thing? Well, I, you would think that if it was like a page or two sketch. This is seven pages. Is. You're right. With a full cast list. And here, to what you can see, if you're, you're, if you're at Facebook.com slash The Trek Files with us, if you haven't looked by now, go take a look. I'm telling you. I've never been so emphatic go. about a document so far. Run. Don't walk. We have the cover letter, the cover letter to Gene from John Pike. Uh, as promised, the attached will provide you with an overview of the preliminary concept work on Star Trek The Next Generation. Put a pin in that. The material was developed principally by Greg Stranges, who wound up doing the War of the Worlds series that they syndicated when they were trying to have a package of syndication besides just Next Generation to sell to local stations. Uh, after meetings with Jeff Hayes, Rick Berman, and myself. So Rick, as a studio guy, was involved. Was involved with Tangentially with this. Uh, and I love how he says, I'm most pleased with the initial concept because it stresses story and character and is not reliant on gimmicks or special effects. Maybe it should have been. <laughs> Maybe it should. Well, to me, that's code for don't expect the special effects to be. <laughs> we are paying for this out of our own pocket. Right. So, I mean, everybody read along. But So basically, it's the story. It's, for one thing, it's 1986, and they're using Klingons. It's amazing to me that I don't know how much of it was conscience or how much it was spite. 
But all the memes we know about early next generation, when they said, no, this new show, Gene said, this new show has to stand on its own. No Klingons, Romulans, or, or Vulcans. Okay, we'll, Klingon, we'll have a Klingon to show their allies, and it's been 80 years. But other than that, we're going to develop new aliens and new adversaries and new, new species. This thing embraces. <laughs> this is 1986. It is opposite day. Uh, yeah, I mean, starting from the captain. Right, <laughs> right. It's like line one: a Vulcan. <laughs> so we have. Well, look. Stop if you've heard this before. The premise is okay. Yeah, we have a Vulcan captain, Captain Roan. Um, we have a ten-year war raging with the Klingons. Uh, we're in a temporary ceasefire. The captain lost his arm in the massive Battle of Orion. Uh, a young officer, Richard Kincaid, who's now twenty-nine, was promoted in the field. Uh, at that battle, he's Captain Roan's first officer, uh, and then we have the science officer. Is a, now this is a cadet ship, fifth year cadet. So that's right. how they get all the young kids. Remember, they're always going to hey. do the nine hundred two one zero thing. Exactly. So we've got at least two cadets here. We have uh, a young, uh, full blood Vulcan, Captain Commander Brick, Cadet Commander, Cadet Commander Brick, Cadet Commander Brick, and um, we have a sage. Uh, the lieutenant command, the engineer's lieutenant commander Horatio Gage, an old salt, <laughs> but he's from Jamaica. So how salty? <laughs> and he's there's a there's a million there's three million class M planets, and he'd say he's either been to each one or he knows somebody who has. Um, so the doctor is Dr. Karen Hart. She's an experienced physician, but she's new to space. Mm-hmm. Freshly and, divorced. Yes, uh, yes, freshly divorced. And as bright as she is attractive, she still has to learn to trust her instincts. <laughs> And maybe the best one of all, Cadet Helen Joyce, <laughs> who is painfully beautiful. Uh huh. Joyce is still fighting the timeless battle of trying to be taken seriously while looking as lovely as she does. <laughs> she and Kincaid have a, mutual, have a difficult time not exploiting their mutual attraction. Yeah. And, and then, best of all, we have Alien Cadet. It's a TBA alien. <laughs> we're going to introduce a new life form because what's a new Star Trek? Even then, they were inventing the meme of you can't have a new Star Trek without a new alien race. That's right. Alien, alien cadet. Aliens. And then most of all, Lieutenant Commander Mink, a young Klingon officer. Because the premise of this show is, well, you love this bit. The pilot episode that sets this up is, <laughs> get that document to Organia. Yeah, it's... It's basically we have to have – this Klingon has a document (laughs) and we have to take this cadet ship to Organia to deliver – it's like the Pony Express is alive and well here in the 24th century. We can't send it through subspace. We need to – we need to fire up the cadet ship and our painfully beautiful characters (laughs) and get this document to Organia. Um, uh, I, a, high, a highly secret and far-reaching peace treaty that has to be now. What you know, failure to achieve this goal uh, to reach Organia with this document will plunge the two sides into an even deeper war. So it's you know you, you you can imagine what happens when they get there and the Klingons are waiting and they say, "Where's the document?" <laughs> and he says, "I I don't know. I 
<laughs> That's it. Ten document, more years of war. Document, document. Well, because now we're laughing at this, but they wrote this. This is really, this is really a soaked in a lot of canon. Yeah. And they have the Romulans in here too. Uh, the Romulans have been. Uh, you would think they'd be sitting back, watching the Federation Klingons pick themselves to pieces, waiting to see who's going to win. But now they become highly aggressive. They're actively engaged in trying to prevent the Odyssey and Commander and Lieutenant Commander Meek from reaching Organia. Now, there's the there's little bit here on the, on the last page. Uh, uh, the important provision is that an observer from either side. Right. What comes out of this? Pilot, what comes out of this is maybe Worf. Maybe Gene read this and thought. Well, I, I made a note on that, yeah. Because what comes out, they have a new general order, like General Order 1 is the prime directive. The new directive out of this experience is that from now on, Every Federation starship will have a Klingon officer, and every Klingon ship will have a, a Federation, a Starfleet observer officer, so that they can learn to coexist. Um, he's the mili- Mink is the military attache on the Odyssey. Uh, and, and this new directive that all beings, however divergent, can learn to coexist. I don't know. That seems to be something that's been baked since the beginning but. well yeah but i mean also think what i mean well and the last line uh challenging delicate definitely noble and constantly threatened by the romulans and their <laughs> third world tactics designed to shout so it's one thing it's like it's the 80s it's <laughs> it's star trek 6 presaged because it's like detente right it's echoing so if you go back to the old meme of the klingons as the russians and the romulans right. as the chinese right. as the chinese that's right yeah, yeah. yeah it's right back there yeah, and then uh, unfortunately, Captain Roan um, gets whacked in the first episode uh-huh. and lives on as a hologram <laughs> in the computer. In the computer. So the voice of their computer is Captain Roan, <laughs> the hologram. But look, when combined with the crystal controlled ship's library, which also references a complete pictorial history of Starfleet and Star Trek. So guess who can show clips of old episodes, <laughs> right? <laughs> See what they're doing here? It's a clip computer. Your VHS tapes are two for 20 bucks, kids. Run out and get them now. Yeah. That's when they struck a deal with the, the CBS uh, Time Life. <laughs> <laughs> for the gray boxes. Right. Yeah. And get, well, hey, this is a year before uh, the cage was... Black and white color version came. But out. now the, the now the, we sit here and we joke. Yeah. But let's talk about the ramifications of what this really is, of what this document really right. is. Suppose Gene well, Roddenberry and, and the captain dies, so Kincaid is promoted. Right. And and uh, the young. So now the, there's the Vulcan here. So the Vulcan was a number two. Now he's promoted, and Cadet Commander Brick this is the is science the, officer. It, is now the number. Is now the new executive officer. Right. So now you've got a human and a Vulcan again. Right, so you're right, right. You're right you're back, back to, to one, too, yeah. But imagine if they would have presented this to Gene, and Gene would have said, go ahead, I'm done, I'm, I'm done with Star Trek right now. This could have been Star Trek The Next that's, Generation. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. <laughs> We're sitting here shaking our heads at Where's each that? other. Let's jump through the Guardian forever and see what happens. No, it's, it's uh, yeah, what, what struck me, several things. Number one, they're, the whole thing is Vulcans, Klingons, and a little dash of Romulan threw in, which is exactly what they didn't do. Now, whoever's wisdom, that whether it was David's or Gene's inherent gutty thing, or he's rebelling against this, right. and we didn't realize the time, or whatever. But that whole trope about not relying on original series, uh, you know, aliens and, right. and devices, 
and plunging into something new. For better or for worse, uh, that was probably this feels this feels so late movie era feeling, which is when it was when it was done. When it was done, right? right. But uh, yeah, the women are just the women. <laughs> Although the cadet, the cadet Helen Joyce, who's painfully beautiful, I want a button or I want a bumper sticker to you know. Yeah, I want to be painfully beautiful. I'm painfully beautiful. Ow, <laughs> ow. Um, she was the helmsman. Right. So we're just saying she's not, you know, they used to talk about the women in the caregiver roles. And before uh, uh, Macha Hernandez slash Tasha Yar was the security officer. But why aren't the men painfully handsome? <laughs> That's a little bit in there. That's a little bit in there. What What kills me also is look at these pieces. I'm I'm hearing discovery. 40 or 30 years early in here. Yeah. Like, look, we've got a captain killed at the end of the pilot, which sets a promotion for the first officer. Um, uh, we've got the character. Uh, so Kincaid is an orphan. Uh, yep. And Minx, the, the Klingon, his parents are killed at that battle, the Battle of Orion. He's, he's you know, got that by the forces commanded by Roan. So he's got that against him. Uh, there was some little, there's some little, um, there are little discos, little vibes. Yeah. Little disco, little vibes in here. It just, uh, but I, again, I love how they kept saying, making it a strength not to expect glitzy special effects Yeah, because we're not going to be, we have no clue how we're going to do that. Because it's a syndication budget, yeah, right? Yeah. And the other thing is we're reading, we're, this is all headlines, Star Trek, the next generation. There are memos from Gene Rod, from, um, Bob Justman where there, he, throws out 30 or 40 options for the new Star Trek title. So it's amazing to me that they started off with this. I wonder how much, how hard Gene ran away from even this title before they came back to it. They yeah. were actively looking for another when it was just the new Star Trek. But this is in September. They wouldn't decide on a title until November, December, for sure. And they came back to this. And they came right back to this, yeah. It's just amazing. Guys, I hope I hope you have picked yourselves up off the floor or whatever... <laughs> Whatever the status of your gravity situation is uh, off the ceiling, and come back uh, again. This is amazing. We're so that's the show is early, but I'm so glad we were able to unearth this one particularly. No one knew this existed. Well, maybe outside of four or five people and their assistants <laughs> from the day. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what Trekland says about this one, buddy. I hope, I hope we have a lot of research. We've reached out to uh, some of the, some of the uh, people associated here to see if we can get a little more on this. A lot of work was put in this, Dave. A lot of work was put in this. This was not a blow-off project. Work was put into this, Larry. Work was put into this. <laughs> and a little cannon, too. <laughs> Thanks for being on today. Though. Oh, thank you. To, Are you kidding me? To, to get my eyes on this? <laughs> to expose it for the first time. <laughs> we'll have you back. Thanks. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All documents are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. For more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimichek.com. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network